Welcome to the Eat Sleep Chelsea Repeat pod. On today's pod, we review a pitiful loss to Brentford at home. We ready our mental thermometers to take some form temperatures. We discuss the seemingly imminent arrival of Maurizio Pochettino as Chelsea boss. We look ahead to our trip to title contenders Arsenal and our own Richard Whiteley Brady has got another Chelsea quiz for us. You're going to run out of them soon, mate. I know, I was desperately Googling more and I was like, oh, Richard Whiteley's a good one. Countdown hero back in the day. Um, But uh, yeah, we're much like Stamford Bridge last night. Um, We've we've got lots of, we've got people missing. Um, So Craig's unfortunately not with us today. So we'll have to... Yeah, Craig uh, definitely came early and we haven't heard from him since, so it's quite worrying. Yeah, that's it. I think he's, uh, he's taking it to heart, this Brentford result. Yeah. So, and, uh, uh, there you go. How are you doing after last night, mate? Yeah, it's... Uh, uh, do you know what? I guess you go to the games with quite a lot of hope, don't you? That things will yeah. suddenly just improve and, and then obviously last night was real low point, I think in the season for us if you can yeah. if you can even imagine that but yeah how about yourself yeah to be honest i've been quite busy we've got the analytics team running the data on whether we can get relegated so it's uh it's looking <laughs> like a 0.0.0% chance for i'm i'm told that 39 points is safe but um yeah i mean all jokes i'm not even joking now but it's um yeah it was brutal it was a brutal night last night we'll get into it it's we might call the pod a new low or you know chelsea's <laughs> Stung by the bees or something, but uh, it's um, <laughs> it's <laughs> it was bad and it was actually quite self inflicted. I think I think some defeats have been where we just haven't played well. I think last night was pretty self inflicted, so maybe we can get into that a little bit. But yeah, yeah, so, we it was it was a game where we set up as a a very strange five mm. three two almost where or a five. Four one. I don't know how you want to kind of view it. Um, it was a bizarre decision considering that it was a home game against Brentford and not mm. a home game where you're one nil down against Real Madrid or oh, two nil down, I should say. Yeah. Um, the the game sort of it was seventy one percent possession for Chelsea, who did almost nothing with it. Uh, four shots on target out of fifteen. Brentford actually, uh, although they won the game two nil, only had one shot on target, um, and. <laughs> Kepper didn't have to make a save all night. Um, but yeah, it was a it was we created 1.3 expected goals total and uh, Brentford actually created 1.1. How did, how did you see it? What was your take on, I guess, first of all, when you saw the, the team come through with the sort of setup? I mean, let's be honest here. When the team came through, we were shocked. It was, yeah. uh, it was a, sh- you know, this is a podcast and we want to keep it quite formal, but it, we 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 were fuming. I mean, I think even the media have gone after Lampard in terms of the the team selection. It was it was just really bizarre um, to not. I'll just name you the bench of attackers: Madueke, yeah. Abba, Mudrik, Felix, Ziyech, Pulisic. He just he went for the same approach that he did against Real Madrid. So the Real Madrid approach that you have the the five three two or the five four one where or the split tens behind Havertz had had some credence because. You know, you want to press versus Real Madrid because they play out from the back. Brentford just play a low, a low block of five and boot it up to Tony. That's that's that that's their that's their play, and it's actually very mm. effective. They they hit the channels, 
Uh, Mbomo actually scored a bit against us last night, but he, he didn't start. Usually they're just playing in the channels and you don't need to worry about pressing Brentford, you know, because we, we could just um, dominate them in other ways. And what happened was that, I mean, Kante Gallagher, Sterling, was just, he just he, inexplainable, really. Aspilicueta, mm. right wing back. Um, it was just a bizarre, really bizarre, I think quite tone deaf um, selection from Lampard. And it was, he lost us the game. I mean, I, I think I, we put out on our Twitter last night that we lost the game at 6.45. It was just, it felt like that. It felt like that <laughs> inside. Everyone yeah. was in the stadium watching and they could just feel it. And, um, you know, Lampard's a massive fan favourite, you know, highest goal scorer in Chelsea history. So the fans are always behind him. But if that was another manager, let's say a Sari or a Potter or anyone like that, they, the fans would be on him because the first half was woeful, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, the first half was probably one of the worst halves of football I've seen in a very, very long time. Yeah, you, you actually didn't watch that group. This is one of the worst games I've seen of all time. And it was only 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just never, like, I guess with the way that we've set up, obviously, the you know, we've got three three defenders at the back, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that at all. Um, and it handled, obviously, they're playing two up front. So, like, w- we had a good um, advantage in those situations when they did lump it forward. But then the ball goes into midfield and everyone's sort of standing on top of each other. Kovacic yeah. and Enzo. Kante doesn't really know where he's supposed to be. Gallagher goes out to the wing. Uh, Chilwell's there. He goes to the wing and then he looks in the middle. <laughs> yeah. And it's like Sterling... <laughs> And Kante, we've got to be t- and Kante sort of turns up in the box. They're two of like the smallest people in the league, yeah. and they got they're not going to win headers. So then you have to think about okay, we're going to get through the lines. I mean, they just blocked off the middle of the pitch, and we did not know what to do. Movement was dire. It was we're just passing the ball around the box, and you just can't believe it. Like anyone watching that game, you know, in the first what, five ten minutes. Having looked at the team sheet, it panned out exactly as you would have yeah. thought. Chelsea have a lot of the ball because we've got overload of midfielders and we've, you know, we've got good football players in terms of skill on the ball and no penetration. Couldn't get the ball into good spaces in behind. Movement was really poor. And it was just passable around the edge of their box until we lost it. It wasn't even yeah. the edge of the box. It was just the middle third of their pitch, just like 50, yeah. 40, 40 yards out. I mean... There was a there was a part of the game where Sterling dropped deep to get the ball, a little bit like Havertz does in that role, and it literally just no one in the box. Like, like they, they, they were playing a, a block of five, so they had a group. They had a group of seven players to our one, and that one was Gallagher, and it mm. ended up that you know Aspilicueta isn't isn't a good crosser of the ball, um, and let's be honest with Aspi, I'm not sure if his testimony was coming up, but he plays like he's in a testimony every time to play for Chelsea at the moment. Um, Love Aspi, club legend, but it's looking like a bit of a poor decision from Chelsea to maybe extend because every time he plays, he's poor at the moment, let's be honest. Um, scored the own goal last night. Um, just not, not sharp, barely plays anymore. And to play him in this game was 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 bizarre. I mean, we could have had Loftus cheap. We could have played Chalabert right back. He's done that before in a four. So, yeah, mm. not sure. I think he wanted to give Aspi minutes, but, yeah, he was not good for us. And he was obviously hooked to half-time. But, yeah. yeah. I think maybe that was always the plan. It seemed like yeah, he is sort of yeah. And but to be fair, I mean, it was so bad in the first half, but it could only really get better. And obviously, he made the subs. Aubameyang came on um, for Aspilicueta, and um, Madrid came on for Gallagher. Yeah, and it was more lively. We created and a few openings, you'd say, with um, 
Aubameyang, he got into some good spaces. Yeah, and the second, the second half was a lot better, especially the first 20 minutes of the second half. We petered off a little bit at the end and they ended up scoring and that kind of that killed us off in the game. But the, from 45 to about 65 minutes, we were on top. I mean, Mudrick was getting the ball looking dangerous. Uh, Aubameyang, it was a shame because you saw that if Aubameyang had been played, been playing mm. more regularly, he would have been putting those chances away. It was, a, it was quite damning, actually, if the, I thought from a sort of macro point of view. If Aubameyang was sharp last night, I think he would have scored. And yeah, that, that, that yeah. just shows you that a Pierre-Emerick Bang is not Aubameyang is not the future of Chelsea. He was a controversial signing ex Arsenal. Uh, you know, fans don't like his off-field activity. Whatever, he can score goals. I mean, Lampard said to it said it yesterday in his press side. The guy's got over three hundred goals in his career in a team that can't score. So, if we paid him more through the season, we would have better just use him. And he seems quite, you know, he he actually sprinted. I don't know if he saw he sprinted towards. Yeah, the yeah, I did see that. Quite yeah. depressing. Um, yeah. Wanted to try, wasn't jogging about at all. Obviously, been told to press, accelerated to Raya. Just he had a couple of um, shots that he kind of well, just right to, into Raya's hands, but mm-hmm. it just showed that he was rusty, and it just showed that you know that the season are just it's just another thing when the season's just another wrong decision by the board or the. Um, or the manager, or whoever. Just lots of little poor decisions that are just mounting up there at the end of the season. And it's just a tidal wave of just trying to deal with that at the moment. So, yeah. I mean, and the, this, he started the team. So he, he, you would accept it if we started with that team. That would have been fine. Aubameyang, uh, Mudrik, uh, that, that, that. But the, the, starting, the starting 11 was really bizarre. And I'm not sure if you said it was planned. I think it was maybe more that Lampard just realised that he tactically got it wrong. I mean, he said in, he, Lampard said in the presser afterwards that it's a confidence issue, not a tactical one. We'll talk about Frank a little bit later, but that's a bit worrying because it's, yeah. clearly, it's clearly tactical. <laughs> These, well, I think, yeah, yeah if you look at... I, I agree. I think the team that ended the game, because obviously he went on to bring on Felix later for yeah. I think Enzo, but I think he could have taken off Kovacic, who had a really, really bad game, mm. um, even, even though we had a lot of the ball. Um, Kante ends up in some good positions, which is frustrating in itself. Yeah. Um, and Madueke came on at the end, obviously for Sterling. Yeah. I think the team that ended the game, I said, you said sort of, if that had started the game, a lot more ambition, a lot more forward thinking, and then maybe you make those subs. I think he sort of he, he got it the, completely the wrong way around. Yeah. Um, you I could have know. given Aspiel a run out with like twenty minutes to go, ten minutes to go, if you're winning the game. That's great. I mean, Thomas Frank, the Brentford manager, really good manager. And they're a really good team, Brentford. Let's talk about Brentford a little bit. They're really good at what they do. They're Ivan, yeah. Tony and Mboma, they're, they're very strong at set pieces, at corners. And they got a goal from a corner, even though we basically, Aspie just essentially just gave them the goal. But they are really, really good, even long throws. Bit, kind of got a bit of the old school stoke in them, but they've got a, bit of quali- a lot of quality. And um, a fantastic player. And what they do is very effective. And, you know, he's a really good manager, Thomas Frank. I think they're, I think they're a great club and it's great to have them in the Premiership. But it, he said that he was surprised at the respect that Chelsea showed, showed them. That just showed that. He's like politely saying the tactics were wrong. Like that, yeah. That's one manager saying to another, you shouldn't have done that because we were coming to sit. I mean, you know, I said last night on Twitter, Brentford are on the beach and we're on the rocks. It's not like Brentford are in great form. They, they've been, mm. they, they can't get into Europe. Uh, they might have an outside chance of a uh, conference league, and they're not—they're not obviously not going down. They're—they're—you they're, know—they're like Palace. They're like Palace are most seasons. They can have a come. They're going to come between ninth and twelfth. So yeah, they're on the beach. 
So they weren't a high intensity last night. I think they were there for the taking yesterday. They look, they look pretty. Ru- they they could barely get out of the half for twenty minutes when we were actually pressing them. So yeah, it did feel a lot like a kind of training match. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. An energy level. It really did not like a preseason match almost. It didn't feel like a Premier League match. And it, you think after the goal, like the goal went in, mm. like you could feel the players just sort of deflate. Like it mm. wasn't like a oh we're not going to let this happen. Well, I thought you know, the body language of the players in general was pretty poor. Um, yeah, not not poor, but in terms of mentality. But I think I think they've had a long road this season. Very weary. I think it's a little bit like you know you, you're going up a hill with like this big rucksack on. It keeps getting heavier. One manager's gone, then another manager goes, and then you've got this squad problem. And then it can't be good the size of the squad for the morale because the players, you know, they're not they're not probably not a unit. They're probably one or two units. They're probably quite splintered. You know, you get. Inside the dressing room, you're going to get you know um, different factions. You can tell that the team try for the club, but mm. you can see the fluency in the team. There's no coherence. They're shouting at each other. They're not they're not used to playing with each other. So, and that comes down to the team selection as well. So it was it was a really poor evening, and it was one that I actually didn't expect because I I said last week on the pod um, with a week's training, I really thought we would improve. Um, yeah, I thought Lampard had a point where you know he came into Wolves 24 hours to train Real Madrid is Real Madrid I, mean, I, I don't think tactically he set up very well but they're a fantastic team Brighton you could say well it was in between the, the, the Real Madrid games bit of a write off I guess but yeah, last night showed that you know with with nine days or eight days of um, preparation it got worse and yeah. that's that's not good on Lampard and it's it's not good for the trajectory of the rest of the season because you know we joke that we're not we're not I don't think we're going to go down it's pretty much impossible but we'll talk about the new the likely incoming manager later it won't be good if we you know barely win or get any points at the end of the season you know Pochettino or whoever comes in is really going to have to pick them up from the floor so it's it's not good. Yeah, there's a lot to do with this team. Yeah. Um but we we march on. <laughs> yeah. Um and I think it's let's let's take a I mean we we talked about temperatures I think we're kind of in the ice age the ice age now of Chelsea where everyone's in the freezer in the temperatures. Um I guess it's just picking out some of the it's, it's called the freezer. It's called the freezer. It's a little bit like the equalizer that Denzel Washington film where he just he, <laughs> he uses home appliances to kill the baddies. This guy's this is freezer, uh, maybe some sort of gangster character that puts his uh his enemies in the freezer. There's no there's no tepid. Maybe you could give Kante a tepid, but even so, the team yeah. the, the team was set up to freeze yesterday. So yeah, we're, we're gonna it's just the freezer. So do you want to go first on the freezer? Yeah, um, it's a tough one. I thought everyone was fairly poor yesterday. None really took the game by the scruff of the neck and wanted to. Make a real difference. Maybe Madaweke towards the end looked like he might took on a few people. But I have to say that although the first goal was um, an own goal and fairly unlucky, I guess, from our point of view, second goal I thought could have been defended a lot better. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to put Wesley Fofana in the freezer. I think I've watched Brentford play quite a bit this season um, and last season. And Mbwemo... Is a left-footed player. Uh, I know that. I think uh, if I was preparing before the match, I'd be very aware. Mm-hmm. I'd be very aware when I'm playing on the pitch that he's left-footed. 
And for him to be allowed to be to cut inside when he's on the right hand side of the pitch onto his left foot, for me is completely ridiculous. Um he wasn't really going anywhere and then he suddenly got in and then obviously the goal happens, but gotta defend a lot better. That's basics, I think. And that was a really disappointing moment for us because although it was one nil and we weren't really doing too much, but can't give away cheap goals like that. That's uh that's not good. And he's he was really improving, I thought, for a while there, but he's had some poor games for Farna um recently and I think this is sort of the culmination of that where he mm. he had he had a good game, I think, generally, you know, you know, scrapping with Tony, but that's a key moment in the game. Yeah. They, they, as I said, that that was their only shot on target in the whole match, yeah. and it was easily avoidable. So for me, sorry, Wes, but you're uh, although everyone's in the freezer, you're at the back of the back of the behind oh, the chips. Times I thought he was pretty decent last night, but yeah, it's, yeah, in key moments recently, he hasn't been great. Great, he obviously got, he got the. Um, he got the yellow card at the start of the round with your tie, didn't he? And I think that knocked mm. his confidence a bit. He was at fault a little bit for the first goal. Um, and he obviously, you know, Vinicius Junior is hard enough to defend against. Especially, well, he, doubly as difficult when you're on a yellow card for, you know, not 85 minutes. I think that knocked his confidence a little bit. Um, and I, th- I do think, like I said before, I think Potter leaving knocked him a little bit. You know, a lot of these yeah, players like playing for Potter. And I, I don't think they like playing for Lampard very much, to be honest. I mean, Lampard was supposed to come in and galvanise the troops. I think the, the, play, the players are trying. I don't think they're necessarily trying that much for Lampard. So, um, yeah. just. Again, I also yeah. worry about him aerially. Um, yeah. I don't think it's been He's got mentioned. quite a good leap, though. Yeah, quite, but yeah. he's getting done in the air quite a bit. Like, a couple of goals have gone in where, mm. you know, that one that Danny Welbeck... Mm. He did in the other week. I mean, he did. He only lost a couple of aerial duels yesterday, but he does look a little bit susceptible when balls are coming into the box. Which, as a central defender, that should be your, your bread and butter. In his defence, he is playing a lot, and the, everyone else is mainly getting rotated. So he's not able to form too many relationships at the back. You know, like, we'll talk about Barry Shaw. Barry Shaw should have played last night. I mean, I thought. Yeah. I thought Trevor had a good game. I thought well, poor Trevor was playing left centre back first half and then right back uh, second half. I mean, it's just an absolute mess. I mean, yeah. Trevor, Trevor actually put some good balls in. I mean, yesterday it was Chalaber putting some balls in for Kante to head. It was an absolute disaster. But I do, I do think that next year, well, obviously, Cole Will's going to come in. If we have a set two or three at the back, that's what you need to go for. And then maybe have some. Rotation. Yeah, um, I agree. There should be should be a more more. I think in that area of the pitch, it, there's there's more of a pressure to create yeah. par- partnerships and yeah, definitely changing the formation and changing the players in that area of the pitch, where it's such an important part of the game. You know, keeping yeah. clean sheets is going to win. You know, talk about wins your titles or whatever. I mean, it keeps you in games. You know, and yeah. even as poor as we are going forward, we can te- we can get a one nil maybe, but if you're not strong enough at the back, you're not going to do too much, and you have to create good partnerships. He's quite. Um... A social person, so a social player in terms of he shouts the players, then he forms bonds, then he talks to the other players. I think he would really feed off that. I think at mm. the moment, where's like the other team? They're a bit lost. They're, they know that there's going to be a new manager coming in. They don't know who to form partnerships with. They don't. They obviously don't. You know, it's a little bit like who knows who's going to go. I mean, there's probably eight on. Well, let's say ten players who won't go. The new players, etc. But there's a lot of players who might go. Like you know, Kula Bali, um, even Havertz, like players who are even there's like. I think Sterling said he's committed to the club, but there's been some rumours that Sterling might go. It might be very bizarre that, you know, you don't even know if he's going to be there next season. Um, 
to, and obviously that's true every season, but to a ma- massive extent, they all know the clear outs coming. And there might be a little bit of like, is it me? Is it me? So mm. it's, there might be a bit of unease, obviously not for the likes of Fafana. Obviously Fafana won't be sold. But, you know, to like likes of Chalabar, um, Gallagher, um, Kovacic, obviously we can talk about it. They've got a contract situation. He's been linked away. Players like that, it's it's difficult. So, yeah, I do feel that, yeah, he, he, he has been fairly poor in key moments recently for Fafana, I would agree. Who have you got? It's going to be controversial. Because Ooh, I like that. he's a club legend, and as a player, Ooh. he one of the best. Well, pretty much one of the best Chelsea players of all time. Uh, f- did really well when he first managerial stint for the club. I thought he was unlucky to be sacked. Um, I thought he was sacked a bit too early. In the freezer, it's Frank Lampard, and yeah, absolutely so. shocking. It's gone. It's, it's gone as worse as it could go. You know, yeah. when he came in, we're like, right, almost like Ollie. Frank Frankie's at the wheel. We'll get so even if we go out to Madrid, we'll go out fighting. You know, like a mm. boxer where they'll lose on points, but they, you know, they'll 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 win a few rounds. They'll get some punches in. It's been awful. He's making Potter look like prime uh, prime Guardiola. I mean, it's 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 five games and one goal and five defeats. I mean, uh, he he's won one out of his last eighteen games as a manager. And the the, the problem for me is again a little bit like Potter actually. Is the press conferences in the press conferences? He's saying it's a it's a confidence problem. If we had twenty percent more confidence, we win the game, it, which is true. There, there is a confidence problem in this team, especially with scoring. It's not a tactical problem. We've got to keep working, keep working. That's his kind of like the boys gave you everything. We'll keep working on the training pitch. It's a little bit like he's just leading them down the wrong avenue. It's just not. I I feel for him a bit because he. I think he's probably thinking in the back of his mind. Well, this is actually backfiring for my career. I think he thought maybe he could. Uh, bump up his CV, but it's gone the other way. I think teams would be quite wary of getting Frank Lampard now, to be honest. But I don't, um, I don't think he's going to get another job after this. After what? I think he'll get on. a job in the Championship. I don't, um, I don't think so. He's, really, I, I don't yeah. think it's that bad for him. I, th- I think he could go to like a, a black, well, I don't know, Blackburn, a team, a, 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 you know, a, a large team in, in the in some someone like that, like a Stoke or somebody like that. I could see in that, but I think, I think to get back in the Premiership, he'd have to really rebuild. Um, he's he's way off it and you know what i feel really bad as well because he and i find there's this whole thing in the background where i think it was mentioned on the you know that his back the backroom staff for for potter haven't actually left right so i don't know because you know lampard's backroom staff was never really announced so i don't know if there's a you know there's people hanging around there who don't really want to be there and Maybe they're there, and there's a whole thing. But he just seems like a bit of a lost sheep, Lampard. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't really know what he's supposed to do. Like he, without Jody Morris there, maybe. Yeah, just, I mean, he just seems used a bit to clueless. sort of troll Jody Morris, as, but maybe Jody Morris is a tactical genius. I mean, um, you definitely yeah. feel like he hasn't got anyone in his ear to tell him, Frank, maybe do this. I think. Well, yeah, but he should just feel. You know, one thing he would have hoped from Lampard is he can feel the fans and he can feel the frustration. Mm. You know, as a player basically a fan himself you would think he he can understand what you know when you watch the games oh you know Chelsea can't score a goal mm. he comes in as a manager and he's playing 5-3-2 with Kante Gallagher and Sterling as the front I mean, three I mean he, arguably... he can't be that thick can he no no I mean it's... well he is he is because he plays it at home to Brentford I mean it's it's absolutely scandalous to be honest with you and I said before the game if he plays Gallagher, he should resign. If he starts him, <laughs> I think he should resign. I think he's. he's we, well, we had a tweet on, the, on our on our Twitter. <laughs> um, 
life certainties, uh, death, taxes, and Gallagher starting on the Lampard. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like, it's, and it's just oh. again uh, the sound, the sound bites that come from the presses. He says something, like, he picks up. I like to, I, I, I'm quite good at picking up little things in presses, little micro sayings, little feelings. Yeah, you know, I, he said that he wanted to tactic. He wanted to pick players who did a tactical job while the team aren't scoring. That is translated as try and nick a one nil, like <laughs> keep it solid, maybe get a penalty or you know like a bit of like a, what a Burnley would do. You know, that, we're, we're Chelsea Football Club. We've spent five half a billion pounds in the last year. You've got Mujic, we, we nicked Mujic. We've got to remember we nicked Mujic of Arsenal. I mean that was a huge coup. And he can't get yeah. a game. Madueke was tearing up Air Divisia. Can't get a game. It's it's really bizarre, and, it's, and we love Frank. And, and he, whatever happens, it will never tarnish Frank Lampard's legacy as a as a. You know, we, we had some really good times when he was a manager. He got us in top four. Got us to have a really sticky spot. That was brilliant. Where we were celebrating at the, um, in the Tottenham end, uh, Tottenham sorry when he was really giving it in front of the Sky Sports cameras. We missed things like that. That was fantastic. And as a player, wonderful player. But you have to say. I mean, I think I think before he said, you know, when I when I got asked to do the job, I was in my I was in my shorts watching Netflix. I mean, I don't think he was, I don't think he was particularly primed to be a Premier League manager. And I've actually been worried about it. Wolves was worrying because he thought you'd get the bounce, and it mm. Wolves was awful. It was, yeah. it, and Wolves are a team you can. They, they were so low on confidence. I don't think they'd won in ages. It was really nervy for them back down. That it was a nervy game, and we could have really gone for them and. A little bit like last night. I mean, Brentford were there for the Brentford are a good team, but he was big enough. Brentford last night saying, "Oh, they won at Man United. They won at Man United. Sorry, Man City. Sorry, they won at Man City when they actually had a season to play for." Brentford are just they're they're taking their foot off the gas. Even last night they weren't great. Um, no, no, they, they were they were quite. Let's be honest, they were quite lucky to get two goals. I mean, we were in some senses unlucky to lose the game two 0 but they weren't they weren't at it Brentford we just we just he didn't set up properly and he didn't play the right team and it's that simple no well that's yeah. it yeah and he's only got himself to blame yeah so yeah Frank's in the freezer obviously he's only in the freezer for an interim period <laughs> so, <laughs> just like just like when he's a manager there'll be an expiry date it's Frank Lampard he'll have the code when he gets out he can get himself out warm himself up maybe make himself a cup of tea and get back in but at the moment he is in there because tactically it's dire and it's worrying. I mean, it's obviously going to be short term, but you know, to sit through another month of this is not not fun. Not fun at yeah. all. There could be good news on the horizon. Well, yeah. how, however you kind of see it, really. But uh, so the the manager see. Nagelsmann looked like he was actually going to be the mm. next manager for a bit and then that sort of died off a bit and it all kind of came out that he wasn't really interested in being part of this sort of graduate scheme interviewing process. Uh part of the apprentice, isn't it? It's yeah, like a, it was. It's, 12, it's, it's like a 12 <laughs> weeks process. Bowley, yeah, Lord Bowley is... Uh, yeah, the manager. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah. yeah, so Nagelsmann looked like he was going to come in, now he's not. So... Uh, Looks like it's turned to Mauricio Pochettino mm. um, to be the next Chelsea manager. Um, hopefully, he'll get the finger over the the boardroom with your hired soon. Um, what do we think of Pochettino? Is he the is he the man to take Chelsea out of? You would imagine, you'd hope, the bottom of the Premier League and not the Championship, yeah. up to uh, the dizzy heights of the top four and and maybe playing for the title. What do you think? 
Well, full disclosure, I was really disappointed when Nagelsmann, the story came out that Nagelsmann wasn't going to be Chelsea manager. He was like the favourite. I think he was a Twitter favourite. I mean, Twitter's only his own little bubble. It, I, I think actually, in reality, I don't think they were like too hot on him. I think there was a lot of disagreements. I think he probably he has real concerns about the way the club is run and things like that. So I think probably he actually wasn't the favourite. He was just one of the contenders. But so, and you know, when it when it came to like, it's going to be Poch, there was a little bit of a sinking feeling, like oh, I, I didn't I haven't really considered that because my heart was set on Nagelsmann. But mm. I tell you what, as the days go on, and as uh, we'll talk about some podcasts I've listened to and did some reading, I'm actually getting pretty excited for this appointment. The main reason that he's coming into a mess, and he came into a mess to, into Spurs back in two thousand and fourteen, and we've got a young squad that I think he can really work with, and you know. You know, uh, Simon Jordan said in Talk Sport that, you know, that not just Simon Jordan is the be all end all of uh, knowing football, but he said that, you know, Pochettino can't get you that final yard. He might get you to go second or third, but not no more. That might that might be true, but that is that could be great. I was a stepping stone manager, but someone to really get us up the league, get the players playing, confidence. If there's a lot of players that we have profile wise, profile wise that fit his old, if some of the top players, we'll talk about that in a minute. So I'm actually, actually pretty excited about this appointment. I'm hoping it gets done pretty soon, to be honest. What about you? Yeah, I think, you know, I, it's, it's one of, I mean, I get, you, you say like the, as the days goes on, the day goes, the days go on, you kind of come around to it, I think. Yeah, yeah. probably because you're watching probably more Chelsea. Probably coming around, obviously. Cause obviously. Well, yeah, but like, obviously when you watch Chelsea play every week, you're desperate for anyone at this point. Um, I, don't, I don't mind Pochettino. I think he, I think if you look at what he's done at the places that he's been to, I think mm. he's been relatively successful, depending on how yeah. you kind of measure success. I guess Southampton, I thought, I think most people would agree that he he did a really great job there. He had some good players. They had a, obviously a philosophy of sort of, you know, selling. Um, but he, he brought through lots of great players. Um, the He took over from Adkins at, at Southampton, who was actually quite, quite well liked. Um, and that was a that was a massive controversial decision. Then he came in, and I think he he did really well, and he he, he won some big games against, um, you know, with Southampton, which is great. Tottenham, I thought he he did a really great job. Um, I think now you kind of look at some of the sort of managers who have come in since, even the Mourinho's and Conte's, and they've sort of said it's a mess here at Tottenham, and even even those managers have struggled. And I think Pochettino sort of match them in terms of what they what they've been able to achieve there if not bettered them so yeah yeah and you know he has a great track record obviously of developing young players which is super important for us because we've we've brought quite a lot of young uh young players into the team and then obviously he worked at psg big 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 pressure big personalities big egos we know we know that comes with the territory at paris and obviously he didn't win the league there in, in both years, but he did win the league there one year. I think he won it by quite a considerable margin, uh, one of the bigger margins. So, yeah, that's really impressive. Um, Champions League is always difficult. I think he also went out to Real Madrid. No shame in that. Yeah, look, he's he's got a lot of now. He's got a lot of managerial, sort of managerial experience. He's been out of work for a while, uh, I guess, in football. Um, so, like, a, almost a year. So, um, I think it's it could be the right fit, it could be the right time, and it could be a really good opportunity for him to show what he's got. Because I think a lot of people after the Paris gig were probably playing him down that he could have done more, and 
maybe he could have done things a little bit better. Um, but this is a really good opportunity for him, and I think he could be quite a good fit for us. Um, and if he is announced, you know, I think uh, I wouldn't be disappointed. I think it'd be quite an astute signing, and yeah, I hope he does well, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I just I've been doing a lot of uh, research and just listen. Matt Law, who I talk about a lot on this podcast, because he's he's actually a journalist where he's he's prime his prime responsibilities and role is to report on Chelsea and Tottenham. So he's literally in a perfect position to talk about this appointment because obviously he's got a you know a historic um, Tottenham manager coming to, to coming to Chelsea, and he was he's a real to be honest, he's a bit he's a bit of a Pochettino fanboy. So I might be a little bit biased because he, he he reported a lot on the Pochettino glory years, you know the between 2015 and 2019. Um, but he said that, you know, that there's a lot of player types that we have that, that Pochettino had, you know, that Son is a little bit like Mudrick, you know, raw on the left, raw qualities, and he really he really rounded Son into the player that he is today. In Obviously, Dali Ali, who, you know, his career has gone on down the cliff since, but under Poch, he was fantastic, wasn't he? And then there's Nkuku, where Nkuku can break into the box, that kind of like playing really close to the striker. Just, just off the striker, and obviously mm. Spurs. He he built the team with the fullbacks. They had at the time they had you know elite fullbacks. They had Danny Rose, um, who does punditry now in funny outfits. But back in the day, he was a fantastic, um, absolutely fantastic left back there. Kyle Walker, who obviously went on to City, and they had Kieran Trippier, is obviously a fantastic player. So, and he, obviously he 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 basically wouldn't say made Harry Kane's career, but he. Him and Kane were really good for each other. You know, Harry Kane, don't think, would be the player he is today without Pochettino. I think he said that himself. So there's a lot of similarities where, you know, we've got these raw talents in attack that need unlocking. Uh, and we've got our strength, really, in our team, arguably, is our fullbacks. I mean, when when Reese James and uh, Chilwell were firing, obviously with Reese's injury problems, that hasn't happened this year, but when they were firing on the two call, that they, they really... They really, you know, helped Tuchel build his, build his, you know, legendary status at the club. Where they were his fullback, they, they were they were his system, the fullback system. So, I think there's a lot of comparisons, and I think also that you know Daniel Levy is a bit of a a figure where people think you know he's a bit maybe not pushover, but maybe he just not a football man. But I think he's quite a difficult man, and Pochettino dealt with him really well, I think, for five years and. You know, they worked together well I and mean, they really won a Champions League. I mean, the year that we won the, the league, remember, they we got 93 points and come out of nowhere and they, they, they got 86 that year. They were chasing us the whole way. So yeah. that, they're definitely, you know, he got, he got, I think he got the top four, four seasons in a row after being falling out of the top, falling out of the top four on the red nap. So he's got a good, he's good at managing upwards as well. I think he's got a good relationship with the board as well. So I think in general... I think it's a good fit. If, if, when I first heard of it, I was like, oh, Pochettino. I think if you took, if he was the ex, I don't know, uh, Leon manager or the ex, I don't know, um, what maybe something like, I don't know, the ex, he only managed PSG and he didn't manage Spurs or something like that. I don't mm. think, I think Chelsea fans would be really excited because it's actually a very similar uh, appointment to Nagelsmann where he, he coached someone like Southampton, like Hoffenheim, went to a Leipzig who were like a Tottenham. And then went to PSG, uh, who are like a Bayern Munich. So actually very similar trajectories. But Nagelsmann hasn't managed Tottenham. So, like, actually really similar. So if you just take the, the Tottenham bias away and take the Tottenham hatred away, I think it's a good appointment. And do I think it's a, an elite appointment? Could we maybe get a little bit better? Yeah, but at the moment, no. I think in the manager pool, he's now the best option. And I think we need to get it done as soon as possible. Because when you look below him, the options are awful. So... 
Yeah. I think we really need to get it wrapped up as soon as possible. Yeah, we can't end up with Vincent I mean, Company. It's like but... third mystery person. I think it might be Mourinho. I'm not sure. Um, there's Anne. Po- I'm, my dad's a Celtic fan, so I know I know a lot about Anne Postecoglou. Fantastic manager, but obviously the Scottish League is so much different from the English League. Vincent Company. I mean, that's just pot or two in the making. I think just just not enough experience we need some at the moment the club needs someone more solid than that after this season we need a bit more of a sure bet right we don't want to go gamble on a on a company or a, even the guy sporting you know anyone like that we need with potch it's tried and tested in premiership he's been there um, well i think that's the big that's probably you know you said oh maybe if he hadn't managed, managed tottenham but actually for me that's a that's a positive in the sense yeah, he's managing yeah, the Premier agree, League. Yeah, so I agree. There's that aspect of it because he'll he'll feel a lot more as well with, you know, when Potter was going into some of those big games, it wasn't really, kind of felt like it was a bit alien to him. He didn't really understand them. Yeah. So maybe, you know, Potter's a bit more of an understanding of that. He gets the, the situation. So that might play, play a bit to his favour. It was funny because when he left um, Tottenham, Obviously, it was, you know, there were lots of conditions of why he left and looks like everyone sort of falls out with, with Daniel Levy there. But um, it was obviously, he was touted to go to United quite a bit and there was a whole thing with him going to United. It was like, it was gonna, definitely going to happen and it, it never really came to light. And I wonder what would have happened if he'd gone down there. But, you know, United were looking at him. You know, Chelsea have looked at him before. You know, people say that this is a Bowley thing and stuff, but Chelsea have been in, you know, linked with Pochettino a couple of times before. And we almost signed him as our manager previously. So I actually tweeted out. Maybe I feel a bit guilty that this, you know, it's worrying that they chose Potter over Pochettino. But I've heard recently it was a little bit the other way around. I think he just wasn't available. He was a bit wary at the time of going to Chelsea. So yeah. maybe it wasn't that you know they chose Potter. I think Potter was just available. So yeah. I think they've actually been in for him a couple of times. I think they were going to go in for him after we sack Lampard. Uh, but yeah. maybe it was a bit too risky. It'd probably be too risky to get. <laughs> and it was obviously a lot rawer then. That was a few years ago to just get a recently sacked Tottenham manager. I don't think that would have gone down well with the, the PR move. I think that would have been terrible. Um, so we got Tuchel, which obviously worked out pretty well. But I also want to talk about this. Um, this week on the London is Blue podcast, there was a, a Twitter account, CFC Central, just a brilliant deep dive um, on the podcast. I've listened to most of it. And a big thing that they, they talk about is strength and conditioning. That yeah. I haven't got the exact number running numbers, but he basically he gets teams running, and there's been, I, th- I just don't think that T- Tuchel, Potter, Lampard, all gone about the fitness is not good enough. And you know, I actually didn't know this, but Potter did not bring a strength and conditioning coach with him. It's not good. Like we need these players fit and firing because the, in the intensity of the league, the standards are going up. It's press, 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 and you need to be going on to the end of the game because that's when the other teams tire. That's where. We talk about a rich club. If you can get those strength and conditioning coaches, those better players, that better facilities, the last 20 minutes of the game is where it can really tell what the other team are tiring, you know? So, well, one of the things that you'd say about, so I think there was a video clip going around, around, I think it was on like MNF, you know, Monday Night Football yeah. or whatever it was on Sky, where he, they'd shown Pochettino, who was a pundit on the show, you know, his running stats for Southampton. Yeah. And it's like some of the highest the league's ever seen. And then, mm. He, they showed him, yeah, 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 and then they showed him the Tottenham ones because obviously he was, I think it was either during his stint or after his stint in Tottenham, and they showed him that he then moved to Tottenham, and then Tottenham 
were in the top of all the you know the yeah. highest running stats per you know in a game you know they're in the top 10 as both of his teams so it's it's interesting that that's the case and i i, re- I read that his son is a i think it's his son is a sports scientist as well so right. and he worked at him he worked with him before so it's definitely in his dna that he knows i think all around like running and um you know wanting to run as well he talks about energy universal whatever it is where yeah, being connected energy, yeah. yeah yeah and like being connected with nature and life and existence and stuff like that so he clearly is someone who believes in the players probably where he gets quite a lot of young players who mm. talks really well and you know like I say, it's all about energy and running which is great because our running is abysmal yeah it, it is, is really really bad yeah we I don't press, run i mean craig uh who isn't here today, obviously. He says every week the pressings have gone down the toilet this year. There's no, yeah. there's no pressing. There's no, there's no coherent pressing anyway. So Really poor. But yeah, yeah. I think um, overall, I think the consensus is that this will be a, a good signing and Pochettino. Uh, and even on that way, that's something that's a bit of an out there. You know, we've got a big, we've got to remember, we've got a big stadium rebuild happening in the next few years. I and mean, this has not really been talked about enough. We're probably going to have to move to Wembley or to Fulham for three, four years. He did that with Tottenham, you know? He played games away from the stadium and managing that and just other things where I think he's... I heard a story today where he was in pre-season where Spurs have gone away to Australia and he said that those players couldn't go to the Australian games because they just come back from the Euros or the World Cup, so he kept them there. Just things like that where you're, you're, not, you're not doing things with PR. You're, doing, you're the manager of the club. You're managing the fitness. You're managing the players. You're, you're managing the expectations. We need that. The need... In Bowley and Igbali, fantastic owners in terms of off the pitch. On the pitch, I think they need a bit of pushback. I think they need a little bit of, I'm not going to do it that way. I'm going to do it my way, and you have to trust me. And rather than having this kind of like micromanagey, uh, fluid thing, I think they need someone who, let's be, let's be honest, Pochettino, he's got a lot of leverage now. I mean, he's coming into an absolute mess. They can't make huge, huge demands on Pochettino because the club is, it's not like we, they've created high standards. The standards in Chelsea are awful. So he can mm. set the tone. He can set his agenda. I'm not saying he's going to come and call the shots. I'm not saying that. And I'm sure, I think he's a manager that will work with the board well. But he can set his agenda. He can say, right, I don't want this player. I don't want this player. I want this player. I want this player. So, and, you know, he's going to have a big part of trimming that squad. He can basically just go, I don't want them. And I want them. And you, I want you to sell them. And that, that's what you need. So yeah. I think the only thing you would say is if we lose... You know, the first 10 games, we lose three or four or five. The, the Tottenham thing will come in with fans because fans are fickle like that. But if we get off to a good start, then I, I really, I've, I've, got, I've got good hopes for him. And let's face it, yeah, I mean, all, he's, all he's got to do is score a goal, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's not like <laughs> I, I mean, I used to complain about 70 points. I won't be doing that again. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. I used to complain on you know even on the Tuchel that you know we couldn't get we couldn't get eighty points. I mean I was bang on about it too, boys. You probably ears are bleeding about it. Just want eighty points. We haven't got eighty points since Conte uh, the first season. And eighty, yeah. 80 points is just a metric where you're not going to win the league, but it's going to get you third probably, um, or maybe even second or whichever. But you're going to and you just. It's 80 points, and then you can maybe jump to the league. Because like I said last year, like I said a few pods recently, the problem with this year is we've basically now next year have got to jump back to where we were before, challenging for top four. You say, well, next year, for you, what will be a successful season next year for you, looking at it? Me? Yeah. I guess you have to say top four yeah. would be a success, but 
ultimately we're, we're here top, to win the league, aren't we? So yeah, but top four is usually an expectation at Chelsea. Do you see what I mean? And now it's seen that by you as a success, and I think everyone's the same. I think if we, I got, think that's only because of yeah, because of what's happened this season. Of course, but what I'm trying to say is we've got to rebuild. That's what I mean. Like we've gone down the level. You know, it also depends who we sign though. Like if we sign a striker and we sign a goalkeeper. I, I think, would I think kind any, of be expecting us to be top two, maybe I think top any, three. Any, any sane Chelsea fan will snap your hand off for fourth next year, I think. Because oh yeah, yeah, I, I think I think you just get back in the Champions League, rebuild the club, top four, maybe maybe a cut run, something like that. Um, yeah, but you know, especially with City and who knows, I mean, Liverpool, Liverpool will very unlikely be as poor next year. Man United could develop. Who knows? Arsenal might. Um, well, Arsenal will probably invest and they could go again. So it's. Top four would be, I think, fantastic. And that's what I mean. Pochettino can do that rebuild. I'm not saying he's a stepping stone manager, but he could do that rebuild and stabilise the club, I think. I think stabilise them, do it his way. And I think, I think it could really be a good fit. So, I mean, it's not definite yet. As we do the pod, I think it's probably looking about 90, 95%. Apparently, there's been a verbal agreements. And I mean, he, he isn't even using an agent. So he's already getting the, the money saving out to save on the, uh, to save on the, mm-hmm. the transfers. But... Um, yeah, um, I went from last Friday being quite bitter and disappointed because, you know, when you get in, I just wanted Nagelsmann, but I'm actually pretty excited about his appointment. And, mate, and to be honest, it's excited that Chelsea could be half decent again because this season has been, well, the worst. I'm 36 years old. I mean, I've been the supporter of the club for 31 years. This has been the, uh, this has been the worst season I've seen by a long distance, to be honest. So anything better would be great. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, unfortunately, or fortunately, we are we are playing again. Um, <laughs> we're off to the Emirates um, to to see Arsenal and maybe cheer them up and give them a win because uh, they, mm. they haven't won in a while. I think mm. um, we we travel to Arsenal in. Well, we're still eleventh, I think, for now. Um, Arsenal are top. Bill for now, but I think that's probably going to change um, based on what happened last night. Um, our record at the Emirates is, I think it's just kind of a bit hit and miss. It's not very consistent. We've won two of the last three at the Emirates, um, but before that, we hadn't won the last sort of three seasons. So um, last season was a 2 0 victory. Do you remember who scored in that one? I could I forget, Mr. Lukaku. Mr. Lukaku, uh, yeah. Um, Mr. James, one of my favourite goals of the season, actually, where Mount popped it off to James and he just pinged it top corner. And he just, yeah. you know, he uh, kissed the badge in front of the, uh, the Arsenal fans. And there was a lot of those pictures of the Arsenal fans just going crazy at him. Just a screenshot of that. And yeah, that feels, I mean, I don't know, was that a year and a half ago? That feels like 20 years ago, to be honest. Uh, that feels yeah. like a different club where Lukaku came in and could have got a hat trick. and there was that shot of Sky Sports him. I think you're standing waiting for the corners to come in and they were just screaming his name. Um, and he just thought, this is it. I've got Lukaku. All my friends were saying at the time that, you know, you've got Lukaku now, you're going to win the league. And uh, <laughs> didn't turn out like that. But and, yeah, and, uh, one of my favourite games last season, actually. 
Yeah, it was a good one. I think Arsenal were a little bit depleted at the beginning of yeah, the season. Yeah, we thought we saw a good time. And, and, yeah. you know, they, they, I think they lost the first three um, games of the season, didn't they? And Arteta was in big trouble. And But they <laughs> did have a lot of injuries. I think they played Pablo Mari at the back. I think Lukaku turned and done in. And they so they were really depleted. And But yeah, um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, Arsenal's home record is fantastic. Yeah, uh, Just one loss. Do you know they lost to? Pretty obvious. City. There, another stat as well. Arsenal have thirty nine points at home, and we have thirty nine points for the whole season. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! That, that shows you the disparity and the hell that we are living in as Chelsea fans this year. But yeah, looks that. <laughs> uh, not our best. Our away form is well. We did win one, 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 one away game. Um, do you know who that was against? That was the one recently. But in our last one win, our last ten away. You know who uh, who that was against? Who did we, who did we beat away? I don't know. Can you not remember? No, don't remember anything. Anything good? Who was it? <laughs> uh, I think it was on the eleventh of March. Sticky Saturday. Oh, it. it was uh, Leicester City. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Leicester. God, that was it. Yeah, sorry. How <laughs> could I forget? Yeah, Leicester. Sorry. Um. Yeah, that was one of the best days of the season. <laughs> I, I, well, it was, wasn't it? It was, yeah, because we won. A, 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 pretty, a, pretty, a pretty straightforward away win at Leicester turned out to be the highlight of the season. And our, our, the only time we scored three goals in an away game this yeah. season. And we haven't actually scored. struggled as much scoring away, weirdly, and that we have done at home, which is bizarre. How do you... How do, how do you I mean, how, is it going to be 5-3-2? The, the way I look at this game, there's two ways to look at this game. That it's just going to be essentially a confidence boost for Arsenal where they pump us 3-0. We're going to be awful. They're going to need a win to keep the league alive. If they drop points against us, I think it really is over for them. Because I think that if they don't beat us, they'll look at, they'll look at us as like such a wounded animal that if they don't beat us, I think their title hopes will really be uh, up in flames. Or it could be a bit of a battle of the bridge too, um, where we turn up, we've got nothing to play for, but we fight. And we like this thing that Lampard keeps talking about. We fight with Chelsea. We don't let Arsenal win the league. We we fight, and we you know London is blue, not London's red. That sort of thing. Make it fiery. Get in their face. Make them annoyed because they were, they, you know, the, the Arsenal players are going to be right on the edge mentally at the moment. It's not going to take much to get you know a bad tackle or yellow card, mm. things like that. Might need to use some of the dark arts in the games. Give them a few whispers going. Oh, how's the league going? That's sort of, that our players do that. I think I played far too nice <laughs> for that. But that sort of thing be great yeah um yeah. just get in there ruffle them up because if if we can score the <laughs> first which would be a miracle the, the crowd would be really would turn on arsenal not turn but it'd be really because you know the arsenal were they were coasting and they you know that they've, they've they've got three points in the last four games and you, you know they you know they've only lost one game out of the last four which for us would be fantastic but they have i wouldn't say they're bottled illegal at all. i think what's happened to arsenal is they've returned to the mean where yeah. they were absolutely flying out the blocks. It's a little bit like a marathon. They're fl- they're flowing out the blocks. They've gone faster than they expected, and they're just going, they're slowing down to where they should be. And it's just coming a sort of condensed period, and now they've bottled it. Arsenal have not bottled the league at all. They've they've had a great season. Uh, they've got a great, really, really good first eleven. But their backups, although they've performed well, like in Ketia and people like that. And Trossard is coming into a good job. Their backups aren't quite there, especially in midfield and defence. People are holding and uh, 
uh, Vieira and midfield players like that. So, yeah, how I see it, that's how I see it. I don't know which Chelsea are going to turn. There's something about Lampard's way. I know, I know he's in the freezer. Frank Lampard's got this thing where you can just see him just doing Arsenal there. I mean, maybe that's more hope than expectation. <laughs> but yeah, I, maybe. Yeah. It's, it's just this little... Although, to be fair, when it's battle with the bridge, we still did have the good players like Hazard and Costa. These players just had a season off. They're actually fantastic players. But, um, yeah, I just, you know, Lampard himself has had mixed fortunes there. I don't know if you remember. We won there, didn't we? Do you know who scored the winner when we won there 2-1 in the first season? Tammy. Tammy. Tammy, yeah, the breakaway goal. Yeah, Tammy. that was a great moment. Everyone was saying that Tammy couldn't score in a big game because he, he, they say he was a bit of a flat-track bully. Things I say about Mount, actually, but Tammy scored in that game and I think that really meant a lot to him. Back in the days when we had a goal scorer who scored 15 goals in the league. Mm. Um, but then, actually, there was a game at the Emirates in the COVID season. Do you remember the result of that day where we lost just before Lampard was sacked? COVID season. Yeah, it was actually actually it was actually where Sacra Martinelli first getting in the team and they butchered us. Was that was, three? Yeah, three one, three one, three and it was, one. Yeah, because they I scored remember, like from like a weird. Yeah, I think it was, was like Sacra. a free kick. Yeah, Zaka scored like some free kick. They got a penalty from Rhys James, fouling someone, and then they scored from like some weird cross at the end. Yeah, in the second was, half. And they played the youngsters, and obviously Saka now is a mainstay for Arsenal England bit of a. Fantastic player, but then he's pretty unknown, so it was quite seen as embarrassing that we were undone by Smith. I think it was Smith Rowan and Martinelli and uh, Saka. Um, and so and I think afterwards, Lampard said that to Gary Neville when interviewed him on the overlap that, that he felt that that game the players started to turn a bit and maybe things started to go sour. So mm-hmm. it'll have mixed emotions going back to Arsenal as a manager. I've got to be honest, you're not expecting much, are you? This is, you know, we've got. We've got six games left. Four of them against the, are against the top four. We've got Fort Forest and Bournemouth coming up afterwards, which will hopefully get some points. Let's just try and get four or five points. I mean, uh, you know, mathematically, we can still go down. Yeah, very, 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 very unlikely. But it'd be good to just get a point on Tuesday just because because to get to 40 points and just good to... That's, that's basically just, this, this game is essentially just about sticking it to Arsenal and a bit of banter and you know, really, really putting their league ambitions on ice. So that would be great. Whether they can do it, I don't know. They've scored 45 goals in 16 games at home. That's nearly three a game. Unbelievable home record in terms of scoring goals. When they get one, they can get two or three. They're kind of domino effect like that. They just build up in confidence. They've got fantastic players. Love Odegaard. Odegaard's, I'm a left-footed player, so I'm biased. Mm. But I don't know. How do you, you see Chris? Yeah, I think it's going to be a tricky game. I think Arsenal will set up. will probably concede quite a few chances, big chances in the game. I can't see it going too differently from the game we played at Stamford Bridge. I know we narrowly lost 1-0, but I thought they were dominating the ball. I hope get it's the ball up to wide. That was one of my worst games of well, the season. That was a yeah, 0-3 the... XG game. That was awful. I mean, if he sets up as 5-3-2, it, yeah. it could be a disaster. Yeah. I think a... we'll talk about team selection. I think he... NFC really, really is tone deaf, and I mean, we spoke about on our account some stubbornness, and he might play eight one one with Gallagher. <laughs> it's just he, he's got to start playing Madueke. He's got to start Mudrick. I mean, I don't think he's start Madueke. I think that's a stretch, but I think he's got to start Mudrick. And, and a player I want to talk about actually, when I'm talking about is Raheem Sterling. Raheem Sterling's got a lot of heat from the fans. He gets a lot of heat in general in his career. Just always seems to be on the end of things. 
and he was getting booed last night a little bit when he came off. Raheem Sterling is a system player. You play him in the system. He does it for England, and he does it for Man- he did it for Man City. You play him on the left wing, and he plays on the left wing. He inverts. He- that's his job. At the moment, he has this sort of free role because he's got responsibility. It doesn't suit him. Just play him in his position. You see what I mean? Mm. Like he plays very well in a system. That's my job. I'm good at that. Yesterday he's like coming a bit like Hazard, coming deep, going around free roll. Not good for him. Doesn't suit him. So hopefully when Pochettino comes in, they can really unlock Sterling because apparently you know he's, he's on a long contract. He's on very good money. I doubt I doubt he's a, wants to go anywhere. So just maybe start Sterling in his position and you know play players around him. I think if Kai, I think Kai will be fit. I think he'll start Kai, and I actually would start Kai in this game. I know Kai. He's not very well liked in his podcast and, you know, for a good reason, he doesn't score nearly enough goals, not enough quality. But in game, big games like this, I think he, he could be quite good. And um, he also talks about Aubameyang in the press of Lampard where he kind of alluded to that if he had him in the Real Madrid games, if he was available, I think he would have been playing more minutes. But because he couldn't play the Champions League, he's sort of bringing him back in. I think we're going to see quite a lot of Aubameyang before the end of the season. Because he said, you know, if he only... The only one of the best things he said in the press last night was Ibamiang was he's the only nine that we have at the club and the only you know the only type of player. I think that's saying that he's going to play Ibamiang, play a striker. So and that yeah. will help Mudrik. Yeah, that will help Mudrik because Mudrik's got someone to play off, etc. So I don't think it, I don't think we'll have, I don't think we're going to see Aspie again this season. Um, I actually don't think he'll start Gallagher in this game. I think if it actually like one 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 good thing about last night. Don't want to get on Colo Gallagher, but it's good that he hooked him because yeah. He's seen a little bit as like Mason Mount was very unfairly the teacher's pet a little bit. Lampard's not Lampard's son, maybe Lampard's nephew. <laughs> just like just mm-hmm. plays him all the time in a whatever form. Conor Gallagher, I mean, yeah, he he can't start him in in that in that system. He can't, he can't start him. He was good against Madrid because he was a good presser, and you know he he pressed them well. He harried them, but against Brentford, he he hasn't really got much end product really. I know he scored recently, but that was a deflected shot. Um, he's a bit of a headless chicken at times. He's he's a developer of the plays quite rash. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't be playing. That was the one good thing. So I don't hope. I, essentially, what I'm saying is, I hope the team selection's better and we can actually have a good go because I don't want to lose the game an hour before it kicks off again when the team sheet comes out. Yeah, I think that's important. Yeah. He needs to get the right team out. We need to offer something going forward. You know, we've got quick quick players that we can have who can, you know, offer a danger. Arsenal aren't in their best moment. It could be a good time to play them. No, I think they're a bit... I'll talk about wounded animals. I think they're a bit of a wounded animal. I think they're, they're, yeah. quite, they're quite vulnerable at the moment. I mean, they got pumped by City last night. Um, and, I, you know, I think, you know, losing 4-1 rather than a 3-1, it really puts the explanation point in it. And I saw at the end of the game, they were arguing amongst themselves. And I think... I think they feel like they've lost the league, so they're, they're, they're vulnerable, right? So Football's a funny old game. Yeah. And this is the sort of absolute nonsense that you can't write, is that a team that's been smashing it the whole season suddenly goes a bit of form and Chelsea can't buy a goal, buy a win. It would just be a classic football it's, it's game for Chelsea to, to do something. It's a little bit like his career. I mean, his career was like that, but I, I sometimes used to get a little bit on Frank Lampard because he would always shoot from anywhere. Do you remember? Like he... Yeah, he'd, he'd shoot for, like, and it'd be like, well, just pass the ballot, pass to someone else. But then he he just he just bang it top corner. You think, oh, fair enough. <laughs> you just yeah, you go a few games without scoring, and you go, oh, Frank, come on. And he he wasn't always the best going the other way, like tracking back and and tackling and things like that. So 
You get on him, but he's got he's got that in him. If if I get Everton, Everton, he was I know he got sacked this year, but last year it looked like they were going down, but he just pulled it out from somewhere. They just got the win, you know, and just different. Maybe I'm just hoping that he can he can get that energy going, that big game energy. It's a big game. Yeah. That you know, the one thing that might help us is, you know, we've got nothing to play for, but maybe the players will see Arsenal on the on the fixture ticker and go, you know what, Arsenal. You know, this is a big game, whatever. So it's a little bit like playing a friendly on FIFA. Like, there's nothing to it, but you're playing Arsenal, so you want to win it. So it's just that sort of just like energy rather than Brentford at home. And I think at the moment, maybe playing the Stamford Bridge isn't helping, especially against the lower clubs because, you know, it's quite a tepid atmosphere and whatnot. So, yeah, maybe the team will get up for it. And maybe the, maybe we're looking at it the wrong way. Maybe the big games, the... The Newcastle, well, not the Man City. I don't think we're in a Man City game, but the Man United game at home. Um, I think it's Man United. Oh, it's Man United away. Sorry, maybe we'll be up for those games. So let's see, because we need to generate some intensity from somewhere. And at the moment, it's not coming from the manager or the players. So maybe yeah. some special energy created. So prediction. <laughs> it's gonna sound nuts. I'm gonna go for two two. It's got a weird feeling. Well, that's a, that's a bit of a classic Arsenal result these days, think, isn't it? I think we're going to get... Yeah, yeah. I've just got a feeling... I don't think we'll win the game. Um, but I think we'll get a result. I don't know why. I, it's just not that any rhyme or reason or form. Just think we'll... Um, I think we'll get a result. What about you? I'm going to go... <laughs> I hate to predict a Chelsea loss. I really do. Oh, um, mate, if you're doing that. <laughs> that team selection but, got you last night, mate. Uh, it is. It's the team selection. I think if he plays an attacking like four-three-three and just plays like Mudrick, Madueke, and Abamyang, for example, I think I think it could be close. I think it could be like a, like say a one-one, two-two. Yeah. Um, but if he plays a five-three-two, I think it's going to be like a two-nil loss or something like that. I don't um, think he will. I, I don't think he would against Arsenal. I don't think he. He better not. He better not. <laughs> he better not. He, he can't. He can't really play that five three two without Reece James, right? Like I think he learned that. I he, think he. It doesn't seem like he learns anything, mate. He, I know, but he, 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 he. The only thing you can say to Lampard is he did hook them at half time. You know, like he yeah, could have waited. He, did, he, he waited. He, he could have waited the like... 60th minute. You know, at least he went. I think that was him. I, that, Frank, I don't think he's an egotistical person, but. I don't think he admits mistakes very well. I think he he likes to go well. Maybe I think maybe in 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 hindsight will go well. I shouldn't have done that. I think that's a message of saying I got it wrong. You know. But what like, I think what what it shows is he doesn't actually know what he's doing. Oh and no, he's no, kind no, of making no, up as he goes along. He's not a good um, coach, but I, I think he I think he knows that. I think he's got some experience in how to set a team up. In some sense, I think he yeah. I think he's really good at identifying who the potential good players will be. Um, and I think by the time that he finishes with Chelsea, he'll probably be playing quite a good team in terms of individuals. But he has absolutely no idea what he's doing with um, with sort of tactics and stuff. And he should really just pick a formation and stick with it. This, yeah, this whole five three two. I, 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 I don't know what we played last night. It was such weird because yeah, they were just, just running about. I can't say running about and just I don't know what he was playing. But it probably was the fifth different formation he's played. So just. The, the problem is now we can't really play three four three unless he plays off the street right wing back. So he might have to go for a four three three or something like that. But I think just getting a few more attack. Even if we lose the game three one, 
and we get 1.5 xG and have a bit of a go. I think the Chelsea fans won't love that, but it's better than we had last night. You know, like where you show something. You know, so um, yeah. So let's see. Is it uh, is it Richard Whiteley time? Absolutely. Yeah. It's got to be. It's a quiz, but it's just going to be me answering. So you yeah. have to bear with me, I think. Yeah, I've got I've gone for a slightly easier one. Uh, well, that's good. Because of that. Because of that. <laughs> Didn't want you to feel the pressure. But yeah, uh, maybe I can help you out a bit as well. So the quiz, uh, Jorginho recently Ooh. moved uh, from Chelsea to Arsenal in the January window. We missed, missed mm. Jorginho a little bit. Missed the top scorer, penalties. Uh, but he, he hasn't been the first player to move between the clubs in the Premiership era. Can you name the eight other players who have moved from either Chelsea to Arsenal or Arsenal to Chelsea, including loans. There's one loan. Um, so either way, though. Okay. Uh, well, uh, Gallas. Gallas. Billy Gallas. Billy. Ding. Nice. Go for Ashley Cole. Yeah. The classic, they call him Ashley Cole, but he... Uh, Ashley Cole won the European Cup, so, yeah. Uh, Czech? Yeah, Peter Czech, agent Czech from the, uh, <laughs> the Europa League final there, let four in. Thank you, Peter. Is this Willian? Yeah. No, Will- yeah. Will- yeah, Willian. Went from Arsenal, uh, Chelsea to Arsenal. Didn't go very well for him, but then ended up back at Fulham, which has been a really good move for him. Happy for him. Yeah. Um... Jorginho doesn't count, obviously. No, there's <laughs> there's two more that are like pretty straightforward, and there's two that you're going to need help. I think. Okay, let's see if we can find the two obvious ones. Do you want you to give me? It. You love this player forward. Um, Obamian. No, sorry, he's he's. Um, who who do I love going forward? Um. We've missed him since he left. Handsome fella. You'd be kicking yourself not getting this. It's one of those that, like, I'm sure if you ask me at the pub. Yeah, it's the pressure. (laughs) It's the pressure, isn't it? Um, He also had a big role in the Europa League final versus Arsenal. Oh, Giroud. Oh, Giroud. Oh, Giroud. Giroud, yeah, I do love Giroud. He's uh never should never should have let him go. No, never should have let him go. Never sell. Chelsea have a really good habit of selling people who score goals, so I'm not yeah, surprised. We're in this mess. Yeah, Lukaku, Lukaku's gone. Giroud gone. Abraham. These all these guys all score goals. No, I am. You know me. Full disclosure, everyone listening. I'm a massive Thomas Tuchel fanboy, but I think Abraham Giroud was a big big mistake. Uh, I agree. Should have definitely. Tried to use them a bit more. Um, yeah, so anyway. The next player actually played for Chelsea twice, two spells, and his second spell, he moved to Arsenal. Two spells? Yeah, two spells at the club. Very famous Chelsea player, won the Champions League with us. Still playing, I think he's gone back home to play for a bit. Arbitrated international, played 57 times for his country. Centre-back. Mm. 
Chelsea and Arsenal centre-back. He moved to Arsenal in 2019 and was there for two years before he left. Uh, give me the nationality. You'll get it if I give you nationality. Uh, oh, right. Is it that obvious? Wait, don't, don't. Uh, just give me a minute. You used to have a bit, bit. He could score a free kick, bit of a script, bit of a good player. Not always the best defensively, but very good on the ball. David Luiz. David Luiz. Right. Do you know what? I did think of David Luiz earlier when you first told me, and then I just completely forgot about him. Right. They're they're the six. I'd say fairly straightforward ones. Or the net, the, the others are going to need. Now, one of these players has been an answer. For who moved from between Chelsea and Liverpool? Courage. No, he hasn't played for yeah. Arsenal before. Was he not? Is he an mm. Arsenal fan? Yeah, don't think he. I think he played for City, didn't he? He was a City graduate, wasn't he? Yeah, that's it. Okay, so, so he's been answered before. Yeah. Midfielder, played for a lot of clubs, played for. Oof. He played for a lot of clubs. It, Is it Ben Ayun? Ben Ayun! Well done. Nice. Very good. That's the lone one as well. Yeah, I did. I do remember him playing in an he Arsenal was loaned, show now. Uh, he had 14 appearances for Chelsea. He was at Chelsea for three years. Um, he was loaned. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> he had two loans. Uh, and one of them was uh, Arsenal. Actually did pretty well there. 19 appearances, four goals. He loaned yeah. in 2011. Fantastic. Well done, mate. That was very good. Yeah. Right, last one. This one is a toughie. I, I barely remembered that this player even played for us, let alone went to Arsenal. So, okay. he's 38 now. So, I think he's, he's retired. Retired in 2019. Midfielder. Okay. Sitting midfielder. Played for a lot of... I, I list the club, shall I list the clubs he played for? Right. Uh, if you, yeah, you list them in all... Yeah, maybe in order. That yeah, in order. From. Le Havre. Chelsea, so his, his youth career was at Le Havre, well, quite a few French clubs actually, but Le Havre basically. Le Havre, Chelsea, Arsenal, Portsmouth. <laughs> he went from Portsmouth to Real Madrid. Then a name I'm not going to try and pronounce, and uh, a Russian club I just can't pronounce, sorry. And then Locomotive Moscow, um, Marseille, Al Jazeera. Then Paris Saint Germain. What position does he does he play? He's DM, a pure DM. This guy. Bit of a bit of a B Tech Makaleli sort of. That's oh, it. is it? Oh, is this Lasana Diara? It is Lasana Diara. Yes, he's Love got that. it. Well, wow, very impressed. I tell you what, little nice. cut there. Well done, ding, Lasana Diara. Lasana Diara. Moved, he made 13 appearances for Chelsea over two years. Again, I barely remember he played for the club. Um, he went to Arsenal, only played seven times. <laughs> then he went to Portsmouth, and then he went to Real Madrid. He must he? be the only player in history to go from Portsmouth to Real Madrid, surely. Um, yeah. and then he ended up, he went down the level, went down to Al Jazeera, Mar- Marseille, then went into Raz, and then he actually went back to PSG to finish his career. Um, I think a lot of injuries only played 250 games in his career so to be fair a lot of injuries hampered his career um, but yeah good player I played Frey for France 34 times maybe just again lots of lots of uh, injuries and maybe not what it could have been but yeah that's all right, well done mate 
Very good. I was worried there because Craig's usually pretty good at this part, but you've I'm done glad well. I, uh, Yeah, held my own there. That was no editing. Sometimes, guys, we have the editing where they're umming and ahhing for five minutes, but <laughs> oh, no. that yeah. Ben Ayoun was straight off the bat. So, yeah, lovely. Very good. Good quiz. Enjoyable. Hopefully, uh, people who are listening got a lot of those as well. Oh, much better than the first half last night. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, well, that's uh, I think that's all we've got time for. Um, thanks very much, Brady. We've got uh, we'll have to get Craig back for the next one. Yeah, we we we, we miss Craig, but we did all right in his uh, in his absence. But yeah, we'll look forward to him coming back for the uh, the Arsenal victory review. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Right, well, um, regardless of the result at the Emirates, we will be back next week. Um, for more updates on all things ESCR, you can follow us on Twitter at Eat Sleep Chelsea and Instagram at Eat Sleep Chelsea Repeat. And as always, we hope you're carefree wherever you may be. And thanks for listening.